Welcome to the MA Roadshow, episode number 329. My name is John Morgan, and Cole Coffee is with me as always here on a beautiful Thursday afternoon here in Las Vegas. And I say beautiful cold coffee because it's merely like 108 today. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's just a, a nice, calm little Thursday afternoon. <laughs> yes. Well, it's going to be a high of eight. Right now, it's only 97 degrees over here on my side of town, which is about two hours, I think, from where you're at, <laughs> if, I, if, I, if I remember right. I'm 15 minutes down of... the highway, cold coffee. I'm 15 <laughs> minutes. You paint this picture. People think I live out in the in the, in the the desert somewhere. I'm 15 minutes from you. I'm, I'm maybe 20. I'll give you 20. <laughs> He's like somewhere right near the like the, the the border of the of the state the state border and stuff. It's it's weird. It's so hard to get over there. <laughs> we are but, we're uh, doing yeah. our we're doing our little remote setup today, right? Kind of kind mm-hmm. of having a little fun with the technology and and and, and basically testing that could uh, could do video at some point at some time, and maybe we're even talking about things that could do video from wherever we are, even if we're not in the same place, because. I guess should, should we just tell the world? Cold coffee is done with the road. Cold coffee doesn't want to be on the road. Cold coffee wants it to be at the palatial estates uh, as much as possible. Yeah, I mean, you you do this for ten years, and at some point, you don't want to travel every weekend. It just uh, <laughs> unless you're unless you're John Morgan. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's like one of those things that you know. Uh, we got a lot of people on staff. You know, if some want to go do events, let them go do let them go do some events. I don't I don't mind it at all. Um, yeah, I mean, I would just, it would be nice to just be able to kind of not have to do everything every, like both weeks. I think that's it. It's just burning out right now with the UFC every week here in town and then to hop on an airplane. Um, I'm getting old, John. I just had my birthday. I'm getting <laughs> well, old. I, I, t- I think that's a big part of it. And I, I think maybe we'll, we'll see how things will change. It's just so everybody knows. So UFC 265 in Houston, Texas, that will be me and Matt Wells. So actually, uh, I'll be the camera guy. I'll be the cold coffee fill-in during uh, the Houston fight week. And Matt Wells will handle reporting duty. But, yeah, I don't know. We've been talking about it. And, and I get it. And I think, honestly, we'll see how, how – how it plays out when we get to 2022 and things get back to normal. I think that's the thing is um, I get it, man. You're on the grind every single week. And it's like, it's not just getting on the road because you know, every single week is, is a home game. There's been an event here, which is a blessing because we've been able to keep working, but it's, it's definitely right. been a uh, multiple event. week grind. If it, as we've been joking, it's groundhog week, right? We're literally doing that's event it. weeks every single week at the USC apex. So uh, I get that's it, man. It. You take a little break. A little yeah, and with the animals here at the house, you know, every time I leave, I have to ask a friend to come watch the house. And when you do that time and time again, you, you start to wear that uh, favor pool thin really, <laughs> really, really quick. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if I don't have to ask somebody to come watch my house, you know, every other weekend, uh, it should be good. And I think I could probably still keep doing it. It's just a little tough, you know, with the, with the household being just me and the animals now. It's a little bit tougher to leave as much. So I get it. I get and it. But the, the show must with, go on, though. The show must go on, though. But and that's the show what, that's must what we're go saying. on. That's it. <laughs> uh, all right, listen, uh, a couple shout-outs, by the way. First of all, uh, shout-out to Matt Clark, presenting sponsor this week. Matt Clark, uh, it was a, really a couple weeks back, was able to to reach out to us and hook up the old Venmo account, John-Morgan-400, and sent us over some donations, and he, he clarified yes. it's for award-winning PBR, and that's what we're doing, a little award-winning PBR. So thank you, Matt Clark. This episode brought to you by Matt Clark. Thank you for the frosty Matt beverages, Clark. sir. Matt Clark, yeah. <laughs> I, just, I, just, uh, I just got the realization, too. I forgot to do roadmap uh, this week. Yes, for the second consecutive See, week. 
for the second consecutive week. See, shit's just, it, well, last week doesn't count because last week was a fuck all on the road. Or, well, it felt like we were on the road with the, the, the fight week stuff, that kind of. See? Burning out. Burning out. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, I will say, what a difference one week makes, by the way. Uh, I, first of all, I guess we never really got to discuss the fact that we got booted out of a bar for the first time ever in the long and distinguished history of the MMA Roadshow. I don't ever remember being booted out of it. We've been, we've been asked to come into a couple of bars. We've been, we've been, uh, yeah. you know, we've been given yeah. uh, complimentary beverages and, and bottle service at times so yeah. people that are MMA fans. That's the first time we've ever been booted out mid show. And, uh, I, I still don't know exactly what happened. It was kind of funny because it was all happening behind me. And let's say I, I was a little toasty at that point. So I was probably a little <laughs> oblivious to certain things going on around yeah. me. But uh, but you saw the whole thing play yeah, you, out. You weren't picking up on my body sign, <laughs> my body language I was trying to give you. <laughs> Not one bit. There was no subtle uh, body signs being detected by me. It was just us getting booted out. But uh, quite the, quite the adventure. Was it – Was it? I look, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't care and for you, me personally. Was it, was it – it was, I was going to say, was it embarrassing for you at all? Well, no. I mean, but it was like, I, I thought you were good about it in the sense that uh, you didn't want to ma- immediately just be like, fuck these dudes, even though, you know, maybe under the breath we did say that. But I remember at the <laughs> end of it, I was just like, dude, fuck these dudes. You know, like we've come, I mean, granted, it was a newer manager. I don't remember him from the last time. A lot of shit's changed since the last time that we went over there. Um, but before, we've done that there. I mean, we've set up in that yes. place. We've done stuff there. So it just kind of threw me off. But then I, you know, I had to take a step back and just be like, okay, you know, a lot of shit has changed since, uh, you know, when we last did this, maybe like a couple years ago there, um, new managers, I know that they're they're still trying to open up, but still trying to play by whatever rules. But man, at the at the time of the night, I was just like, fuck this place. We're never going to tape here again. Well, and um, listen, but then like. W- we had a pretty the hefty day, tab, we were there too. working again. Well, yeah, yeah we did. It, it's the only place to get a frosty beverages around there, so we ended up back there the next day. So you're right, we didn't we didn't hold a grudge, but yeah, that was the other thing. We had a pretty hefty tab running too. It's not as if we weren't you know consuming the product while we were there. Yeah, they were. Now I'm getting upset again. You fucking bitches. <laughs> yes, we we had a great. I mean, it was a good little crew. It wasn't like we were talking loud or doing crazy. We weren't shooting any videos or anything like that. And that's what they mainly they mainly care about. Is people when they're trying to broadcast. I think the guy thought we were broadcasting live and then was thinking like, oh, MGM has told me don't let anybody tape without permission and don't do this, 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 you know. Um, but clearly earlier in the day, he allowed somebody to do it. It was just a matter of they just double check and said, hey, you know, we're going to be taping this little podcast thing. And they were actually going live to YouTube and he was cool with it. So the fact that we're sitting at a table, but maybe we didn't stroke his ego and ask for his permission mm-hmm. beforehand that he got a little ruffled or whatever, but um, I don't know. It just felt like after Julie Kedzie started that show, I felt like we were starting on such a fun high because she was just fire. She was so much Julie fun. Julie was on fire. If you didn't hear last week's episode, go at least listen to Julie Kedzie. She was on absolute fire, and I definitely look forward to having her on again. She was absolutely on point. And then, and then that's it, you know, so I felt like we, we got a great start going, and then it just kind of like – Oh, now we gotta now we gotta stop. And it was just like, man, whatever. But yes, we had a we had a pretty decent uh decent sized tab by the end of the night. And uh you know, what can you say? I'm trying I'm trying to not hold that against uh your health <laughs> because we are gonna be down there many more times, especially going forward uh in the future. But uh It's funny we wasn't, I was... a, wasn't a good look. 
I will use this as an opportunity to apologize to Zachary Humphrey, who had hit us up on patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow. He's one of our generous supporters over there. And uh, he had a question, and we were going to get to it. Like, I had it on my show notes to get to, and then we got booted out, so I never even got to get to it. So, Zachary Humphrey, I apologize. He, he was kind of asking about leading into Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier, about how Conor's side was staying silent, but Dustin Poirier's side was really kind of just talking about everything and addressing everything. And Matt Brown, uh, excuse me, Mike Brown was out there talking about everything and, um, you know, all, all these things. And, 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 you know, it wasn't going to play in one way or the other. And, of course, we saw how it played out. And, uh, listen, man, USC 264 continues to dominate – all the discussion this week, and I, and, and I think rightfully so. I mean, the USC and Bellator are both in action this week. Neither one of them are particularly phenomenal cards. We'll talk about both here in just a little bit. But, uh, you know, I think everybody's still trying to pick apart this this Conor McGregor loss, the Conor McGregor reaction, what comes next. Um, and listen, man, we have been nothing but, I would say, praising of, of Conor McGregor's entire career and what he's done for the sport. And, you know, I'm, I'm constantly the first one to say, look, he is the biggest star in the history of MMA. Um, but I got to say, I, 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 this, this reaction to me has been very upsetting, man. I, you know, I saw the, the Ronda Rousey tweet where she was like praising Conor for, for what he was doing by promoting the next fight while he was sitting there yeah. with a broken leg. And I just, I couldn't disagree more with that, man. You know, the, yeah. I, I, I but think you Connor, remember too, she was, she was the kind of person as well that she had her own ups and downs with, with how she dealt with loss. Uh, so I think for her, good point. Good she might have been thinking, hey, you know, he made a definitive push to move on and already think about the next. He didn't sit and, 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 you know, think about the, the, the loss too much. He's already moving on, but we all know that he did constantly think about it and he still is constantly. But I think that's probably what, um, when I saw that too, I was like, hmm, you know, I'm surprised that she that. did it, but, but she had her own, um, issues back and forth and she dealt with some fights great, some fights maybe not so good. If we can remember and look back in the past where sure. there were times she didn't show up to oppress her. Sure. Um, and people are like, dude, just, just deal with it and people will get on with it. Um, so that was probably her way of saying, wow, man, he was quickly able to make a decision on where his head was and what he was going to do. That's interesting. I hadn't thought about that point. That's actually pretty interesting. I, now that you put that in context, I, that is kind of interesting to, to see that, that that's the way she would contextualize it. Now, for me, I do think you got to give Connor at least a little bit of a pass in the terms that, you know, he did have a broken leg, and we know what kind of pain that that has caused. I mean, Chris Weidman, Anderson Silva, you know, they have famously talked about how painful it was. Now, both of them, I think – I think it was more severe. I don't know medically how it felt, but you know, so I'm sure Connor was in some severe pain as he sat there. Yeah, but for sure. It's just the the stuff that I don't like is is the stuff about you know about the you know calling the wife a hoe while you're in there in the cage, and then these tweets that were sent out afterwards that were deleted, and like like why are you even posting a photo of of, of Dustin's kid, man? Like I, you know, yeah. I know you're not a father, I am, and dude, that is to me that is off limits, man. You start talking about it was my off kid. limits to me. You're right. Yeah. I don't have a kid, but I still I still had enough understand and realize that dude you 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 crossed a line that you should never have crossed because you know that whole do on to others that you you know want done on you does he want people posting pictures of his kids post pictures of his baby mama no he doesn't and it's like dude think for a moment you know he's yep. just, he's in a total different headspace i was so thrown off um by his actions after the fact and it, and it just keeps getting worse i just can't understand where his headspace is at for a guy that has achieved so much and has done some real good out there. He's working really hard to kind of take that away. Like yes. the, the terms of the respect and the, 
you know, everything that, that he's earned. I mean, it's just crazy. And if he keeps going in a certain way, he literally could be taking away things from, from his own life. I mean, if he does something, he goes too far and you get, you know, uh, legal actions or police or other stuff. He's just borderline. He's borderline setting some shit up. And then what's crazy is that he has crazy fans out there. He has to be aware of the fact that he put something out there in the universe like we saw with our, our previous president. Crazy motherfuckers out there are going to run with that. You need to be aware of the presence that you have in your followers. He has a cult-like following. He does. And all he has to say is say some stupid shit. And you're going to have one fucking loser take it to heart. And, and, and he's going to try to act out what his his, hey, his idol does. And he's got to be that, aware of that stuff. Listen, that may sound far-fetched, but you're absolutely right. And you're right. It's the type true. of loyalists and followers that you have, it's crazy. I mean, what is – yeah, Matt, can you imagine? Like, what if somebody did something to Dustin's kid or whatever and, like, published something on the internet and was like, I got him for you. You don't even have to worry, Connor. We handled it for you. Yep. I, I don't know. It's just – to me, the and conflict... would he even be sad about it? I don't even know if he would at this uh, point. The well, way he's I, I, acting, God, he's I would so hope clearly, so. he's just so clearly out of his head right now. I just wish he'd get off social media, think about it for a week or two, come back and be like, "Sorry, I was a little pissed off. I was in pain. And I was pissed off. I said some ridiculous shit. I'm gonna move on and be a better person." And then that's it. Cool. That's it. Cool. That's all let's, you have to say. We all. It. We all yeah. make mistakes, but to continue to push that narrative, like I said, it, it it was one thing that was said in the cage, but I but I was like, all right, let's give the guy a pass. And listen, I'm not the PC police, man. I'm okay with a little trash talk, and I'm okay with a little flavor to your fights. But again, I think I think family's off limit. I think race and religion is off limits, okay? But family, man, wife and kids, the conflict is between me and you. Me and you were selling a fight. Our families are not selling a fight. Yeah. They didn't sign up for this. So, so there's that aspect of it, and I and I think that's too far. And again, kids, especially, man, ah, oh, it's just, it's just, that, don't bring it up. So there's that aspect of it. Okay, but okay, you were like, like you said, I was a little hot in the cage. I just lost. I was frustrated. I was in a lot of pain. But then to double down with the tweets and and all that, and we know you're in a hospital at the time. It's not like you're at the bar. You know what I mean? You're yeah. in a hospital to get surgery, and you're and you're tweeting this crazy stuff, man. It's, it's like not the, good. And so. they escalated. It's like they escalated and got worse as he yes. had more time to stew in in that anger or something. It's like, you know, why are there not the people there to to comfort him and calm him down? You know, like. Perhaps don't do a fight week away from Thank your family. You. Where are the people there. around him? Where are the people around him to sort him out, man? I'm I'm sorry if that you're part of his work. That aren't it. afraid to piss him off and lose their lose their job, lose That's their whatever it. sweet gig. You if know. you're a part of his organization and you feel insulted by that, I apologize. I'm not trying to specifically call out somebody, but there has to be somebody that is willing to get in his ear and pull his phone away from him and say, Connor, stop tweeting this stuff. It's not acceptable. Yeah. This is not good. Like, this where's is not his helping best friend? you. Like, who's his best friend? Doesn't he have a best friend that is like, bro, I'm not part of your on I'm not part of your your payroll. Can we just have a moment and talk? Does he not have that dude? Does he not have a friend that could just be like, bro, you're know. acting like a jackass? I don't I know. I mean, maybe that's D. Maybe that's if D was there, D could be like, bro. She probably doesn't say bro, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> she might be like, hun, calm the fuck down. Like, what are you doing? You know, nope. I mean, like, doesn't everybody have that, like, best friend somewhere that, that you know could come out of the woodworks when you're just hopefully losing your damn mind to, like, talk some sense? You'd you? hope so. You'd hope so. You know, if you're, it, if you're not willing, you're not right a real now? friend. You're not a real friend right. if you're not willing to do it. Right. You're just so. either on the payroll or doing something. So I um, so that aspect that aspect of it bothers me. The other aspect of it that bothers me is the video that came out today as we sit here and, and uh you know, Connor's 
scooting around on his on his little scooter there, what have you, and he, and he talks about the existing injuries that were leading into it. And no, he doesn't want to make excuses, but I, I, I don't know. By the way, he said ask the UFC. I did see uh, Simon Simano reached out to the UFC, and they're actually trying to get a statement on it because he says, I, I, you know, I had stress fractures. Ask the UFC. They know. So we, we have reached out to the UFC to find out. But I'm not saying I don't believe it. I'm not trying to say I don't Shouldn't think that come that, up in medicals and the, and the commission? Okay, see, there's— That would partially be on the commission then because they would have to clear it. That's what I want to— so, so, and, and here, so the two, twofold. One, yes, A, it should have been on medical forms. And B, hold on. If you knew that the legs were the weakest part of your body and that there was potential issues there, why did your entire game plan revolve around you throwing heavy, heavy low kicks? kicks? Yes, heavy, heavy kicks. Those were, those were intense. I mean, they were doing huge damage. They were, yes. and because he was throwing them a million miles an hour. That was like full on. Like, if it, if, yeah, I'm with you. If they were ever compromised, I'd be like, man, I got to try to play smart with that. You know, maybe not, you know, try to test fate or something. Thank you. And, and push that out there. Thank just, you. Sounds a little suspect to me. It's like, bro, I went in and I knew my right hand was broken, but we knew that that was the shot we had to land. So we just threw the right hand as much as possible. Like, no, if you know your hand's broken going in, you're probably going to start using a lot of elbows on that side or, you know, you're going to try mm -hmm. to use something else. So I'm not saying that there wasn't some kind of pre-existing injury, but if it was that severe that there was concern, like, I don't, I just don't understand how your, your, uh, your, your kicks would be such a huge part of your game plan. So I don't know. The whole thing is weird to me. Here's what I want to say as the bright thing. You know, me i'm kind of an optimist at heart i kind of always look for the good side of things and some people say it's a character flaw because i try to be you know maybe sometimes i'm not hard enough on people because i'm always looking for the good in people but that's just who john morgan is as a person so here's the good thing i liked about the video was he did close it at the end of it by saying you know basically this isn't over i'm i'm gonna be back you can't you can't beat the irish you can't you can't hold the mac man down i think is what he said i will say this Maybe that's the positive thing out of here is now I feel like Conor McGregor has to feel like there's a problem, like there's people doubting him, like there's some, like it's him against the world. And maybe this will be what kind of pulls it together for him is him saying, you know, like this is my purpose right now is I have to get back to that guy that I was. I have to rebuild myself. I have to retool myself. And, and, and maybe, you know, this pause in his life forces him to address some of these things because, you know – that was the thing I was concerned about. Was, right, hey, we're gonna do this again, man. If you jump in and do that again, are any lessons really learned? Are any is it, is any yeah. you know if, if if what you're thinking is well, I didn't even really lose there. I just my my leg that we knew was a problem. It just gave out on me, and you know at that point that's a. And it, uh, I guess it's, I'm kind of busting his balls here, but that's kind of that Sean O'Malley thing, right, where it says he's still undefeated because, like, well, my body failed me against Chito Vera, but I didn't really lose, you know what I mean? And I think that's kind of what Connor is painting right now, and I think that's dangerous, man. I think at some point you got to step back and go, look, man, I'm not the same guy that I was a couple years ago. What's different? What's wrong? How can I fix it? And I'm hoping that this little pause will allow him to do that and force him to do that because otherwise – I mean, Conor McGregor is good for the sport, man. The attention that he brings, the the the, the notoriety that he brings to things, it's good. It helps us all. Um, but if he doesn't make some changes, man, I just don't see him beating anybody at the elite level at all. Not just Dustin Poirier. Yeah, but it's crazy because everything you said is kind of like what they said going into this one, <laughs> that he was focused. He was removing the distractions. He was doing everything that he needed to do uh, to be back at the top. I'm coming back. You're going to see the old me. I'm like, 
So it's it's weird hearing you say like he just needs to come back and just take this time off to really refocus <laughs> and come back and show people what there is. I'm like, wait, wasn't that what they just sold us on for this last one? Like, bro, we already watched that movie. We already played that we just story watched line. That movie. We just watched that movie. Um, I w- I would uh, again, I would love him to come back. I mean, if it sounds like if this is if if those were sort of nagging injuries or whatever, the only thing that's going to maybe help those outside of the surgery and even with the surgery that just took place is time. Right. I mean, if he really needs to heal up his body and focus and come back, just give it some time, you know, and really come back and and make a, a push. Um, if he knew that that was an issue, he could get that fight anytime he wanted to. It wasn't like that fight was going to die away. He should have waited until he was fully ready um, so that he could give give everything. But um, I still feel like that's just a little bit of a suspect sort of uh, excuse as to how that performance sort of played out. Um, I, I do too, but you, man. I mean, I do too, and I hate but, to say that because it sounds like oh, I don't want to sit here and be like Conor McGregor is a damn liar. There was nothing wrong with his leg. No, maybe there was, but yeah. I don't know. He's making it sound like it was broken when he walked in there. Well, if it wasn't, that's hell, it. That's if it, it was broken, why were you throwing kicks at the press conference? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's it. Fucking Dana's knee did it. Dana <laughs> did it. Dana started the fracture when he accidentally took that kick from Conor. Oh, man, Dana uh, should find himself. Find himself <laughs> for his interactions. Um, you know, and, and what you're saying is right. I mean, uh, about Connor and what he brings for the sport. Everybody wants Connor to succeed. Um, but at a point, um, it's hard to keep rooting for somebody that seems to go out of their way to give you something to feel embarrassed about rooting for him for. You know, like if you know, who wants to go on like uh who's your who's your favorite fighter? Oh, it's this guy here. Oh, isn't isn't that the guy that was like threatening somebody's life or mm. you know calling yep. a, a a woman name? You know, you know, insert whatever fighter name. It doesn't have to be Connor. You know, and it's going to be hard for you to you know at some point it's hard to justify. That's my uh, guy. Res- That's my res- guy yeah, right there. Respecting your <laughs> idols if 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 you can't respect them as a person, I mean, it's, it gets really hard to respect them just for being an athlete. And uh, for the longest time, I think people respected him as an athlete and they respected his story. They respected how he pulled himself up, you know, from where he was. I mean, it's incredible. That's why he resonated with so many people. I just hope he doesn't burn all that good uh, favor that he has with the general population. Um, yeah. Because, you know, you're always going to have, like we said, the, 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 the diehard fans that have changed every profile pick of whatever social media they have to Connor <laughs> of some form those guys aren't going to change they're they're going to stay their way but um you know for the growth of just the sport and just being able to say like hey uh these people that i respect and i idolize and i want to tell somebody hey you should be like this guy make sure that that person is somebody that you really actually respect and that can live up to that you know um a lot of the greats that people have said even you know kobe had his issues Kobe's a great athlete, and I think he worked to fix himself by the end. But there's still a lot of people out there that say "f Kobe," but that's tough because most people are like, "What did Kobe ever do wrong?" You know. But you know, there's there's you know a lot of people out there. You everybody's human. Everybody can make mistakes. It's just um, you know we. I just hope that he works to um, you know just fix the things that um, is hurting his overall legacy right now because. Yeah. 
you can never take away what he did in the sport. His 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 performances in the cage, you can never take that away. Oh, his um, run to the two titles, it was un I mean, just unbelievable. Unreal. Just uh, unreal. that he, that he was stretch a, he was of a time. Of nature. Yep. Oh my god, and just on the mic and in the cage and I mean everything was so about him. Good. So it, it was, was so, amazing. His mouth was everything he said was gold. It was like, please say one more phrase because I know it's gonna be worth a million bucks and people are gonna want to click and it's you gonna be catchy. Wait. You couldn't wait to hear what he was going to say next. And now I'm, it's that, like literally, I'm, I, and again, I'm sorry if anybody's feeling this, but now I'm like, Connor, I don't want to hear from you anymore, man. I don't, like, stop talking. Like, I want to hear less. Whereas before, I was hanging on every word the guy said. So, uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I just, we can sit here and talk about this forever because he is such a, you know, a polarizing figure and such a big star in the sport. But, um, Look, he's going to be out for a year, and I'm hoping that he can address me. Because that, to me, it was just too much, and it's, it turned me on, man. And I'm and I'm not that guy. I'm not I'm not the pearl clutching like, oh, he was so offensive. But come on, man, leave. You know, when you're basically suggesting that is, you know, something's going to happen to Poirier's daughter, and you're and you're insulting his wife, man. Stop that! Stop that! Stop that! So uh, he's going to be out probably a year from from everything we're hearing. Um, I personally. I hope that I hope the comeback fight is is the Diaz trilogy fight. If I'm being honest with you, I mean I think a lot of it'll it'll depend on what happens with with Dustin Poirier. I mean if if Dustin Poirier beats Charles Oliveira and Dustin Poirier is the champ, and let's say you know you're talking about a year, so he may have had a title defense by then, maybe not. Let's say he's he's had the belt and he's had one title defense. I don't think you can give him Connor, man. I just you can't give Connor a title shot at that point, no matter what the rivalry is with Poirier, right? I mean, whether people want to see the fourth fight or not. And I'll be honest with you, I'm not all that overly intrigued by a fourth fight. I mean, I'm, I guess it would sell, but I don't yeah. feel like it's a fight I need to see. I, I think that the I, I, I want the Diaz trilogy fight as the comeback fight, and I think it's a more winnable fight for Connor. If I'm being honest, I, I don't I don't think he beats Dustin Poirier right now. I just don't. I agree with you. You know, and it's funny because uh, the unfortunate thing is, uh, at this point by then, uh, you know, if if Dustin is able to get the belt from Charles, which is a huge ask as well. Yes, it because, is. Uh, Don't Charles assume anything is, there. That's it. Charles Charles is a bad bad man, and that's, he's a bad matchup. I think for for uh, Dustin more so than uh, what Connor was for Dustin. I think Connor knew what uh, I'm sorry. What Dustin knew what he was going to expect out of Connor and the thing with Charles is Charles, his striking has really come across. So uh, yeah, he's a twofold um, really big, big problem. The crazy thing is that if, if Dustin does get the belt and then needs some time off and maybe does take a fight before that, can you see any way that Dana and them don't do an interim lightweight belt? Oh between no. Oh no. Nate and Connor. <laughs> For the, the 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 three the three put for that, and then also given the interim, then that forces oh. uh, it forces uh, Dustin to fight him again, and it would be a unification of the belts, and it gives it a, a reason to let uh, uh, Connor come back for a uh, a belt. Tell me coffee. you can't see that happen. How are you speaking this into his existence right now? This would not <laughs> exist. This should not be a thing. This should not be anything that we're considering. But as you sit there and say it, I'm like, yeah, it's going to happen. That's totally oh, going totally to happen. It's totally going to happen. I, I, guess if you, I guess if you're really wanting to see the rematch, then then what you need to be cheering for is Dustin to lose. And if you're cheering for Dustin to lose, you're just a terrible human being, if I'm being honest with you. But yeah. if, you, <laughs> if, if, the, if the fourth fight means something to you, then you're. I think you're got to be hoping that Charles Oliveira wins that fight because then I think Dustin would be a little bit more open to, to entertain that fight. But 
I absolutely see the scenario you just painted playing out where they create some interim title just so they can put Connor in it, man. <laughs> Bro, if they, <laughs> so if, they can do an in, if they can do an interim fight on Francis after he's only had the belt for three months, <laughs> everything is possible. Oh. Everything is possible. It's How so crazy great. is that? Oh, man. All right, well, listen, speaking of everything oh, I did is want to possible. Say, before, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Before, yeah, go ahead. before I forget... Um, when we when we were at the the bar and so rudely got busted when we had that huge tab, I, I want to make sure we give another shout out to Nancy Kidder. She's the one that was there and actually, uh, she was there on the podcast and her her scene got interrupted. But uh, I don't know if I'm gonna get in trouble by saying this. She covered her tab. That was she nice uh, of her. she so used nice the educational uh, fund to help do it because uh, it was a big big you know sort of gathering of journalist minds or whatever. And we were starting to gather and. And it worked out, and she's like, "I got this." And I was like, "You're super kind of her. Super kind of her to do it. We'll uh, we'll definitely have her on again. Yeah, Yeah, we'll have her on again." And I told her I would uh, try to you know work with their program and that sort of thing. So if there's ever anything that that I can do, I would volunteer my services for her. So uh, you definitely (laughs) booted out of a bar. Freaking embarrassing, man. All right, listen. uh, uh, I I I had the beautiful transition also. Speaking of anything that's possible, it just came to my mind there. Jake Paul. Tyron Woodley are going to box later. You went out to L.A. for the week, even though you're trying to cut down on your travel, even though you're trying to spend a little more time at home. You did take the quick day trip out to L.A. for the press conference. And uh, I don't know, man. I just wanted to kind of pick your brain on the overall scene there. I mean, listen, we, we've been open and honest about, uh, you know, what it's like covering a boxing event. Anybody that's covered a boxing event and a, and a UFC event or even a Bellator event for that matter, it's it's seems like – MMA events are a little bit more buttoned up in the way things are done. Boxing is is a little bit more chaotic, and I don't know if that's by design or just how they end up doing it, but it ends up being a little more chaotic. So I'm assuming there was a, a an ample amount of chaos, but but what is this vibe you're getting? Because uh, sometimes these these Paul brothers, man, I, I you know I know people hate hearing about them, but listen, this fight is going to happen, and it's got a former UFC champion, Tyron Woodley. I mean, this is yeah. this is relevant. This is a real fight, you know. Uh, what was your what was your take in in uh, kind of being out there and just the whole scene itself? And you're right, uh, and especially like it. Uh, with the saying being like a real fight and both guys I think are really are taking it uh, to heart that this is a fight and you kind of heard them in their own words up there um, you know Tyron was like don't don't let this guy fool you he's up here trying to say oh he's Disney he's this 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 he's like he's got power he's training he's working with the right people like this is a fight I'm not taking him lightly and I know he's not taking me lightly he's like so let's just stop this all this talk of saying this ain't a fight this is a real fight I'm treating you as you know, uh, as the the next, as the biggest challenge. Every fight like ahead of me is the biggest challenge. I like challenge. that attitude. So I he, like he's, that he's attitude. taking the same mindset that he did when he was in the, the MMA world. Um, he's just transitioning over. And it was cool that there was this old school uh, boxing journalist that kept saying like, you know, so what are you going to do after this, Tyron? You know, you're going to blah, blah. He's like, he, I forget how he phrased it. He's like, oh, gee, I know you keep asking me the same question. Like what I'm going to do if I'm going to take another boxing. I'm here. I'm going to box after this. This just happens to be my first uh, professional boxing. He's like, I'm putting everything into it that I would put, um, that he put in all this training of, of, you know, when he was going and working to be uh, a UFC champion. He's given it everything. So I'm really looking forward to that. And you know what was great about this one as opposed to other ones? Uh, and I'll give a shout out to our uh, friend, Bellator person, uh, Danny Brenner. Mm. Uh, his uh, PR firm, was the one that was kind of there help promoting it with uh, Showtime. 
Right. So it went pretty smooth. It went pretty smooth. So um, boxing Good ones in the past that have been totally just shit show. This one was pretty smooth. Um, people lined up orderly. Uh, they let us in promptly, pretty close to what was supposed to be the the start time. Um, <laughs> so it was pretty good, you know. Uh, normally those things can be kind of wishy washy, uh, where the the boxing promoter nobody really wants to uh, lead the reins. But this was a Showtime event um, being ran by a legit PR firm, so it went pretty good. Um, and, I like. Can I just say that I like. The, I like this kinder, gentler cold coffee. I feel like you've turned over a new leaf here, right? Like, it's not that they let us in late. It's that they let us in pretty close to the time we were supposed to get in. So thank you, guys. Thank you very much. Yeah, they made it easy. <laughs> um, no, it was good. It was good. And as for, uh, you know, the media that was there, I mean, I think was uh, respectful enough that they didn't. They weren't trying to make a sideshow of it. They weren't really prodding you know, they weren't doing too many of the, the questions just to get uh, Jake Paul to sort of dish out some line to play to his small but still decently sized entourage that was there watching. Um, it's, it's, it always trips me out. Like, these guys can't do something without having uh, 10 or 15 dudes in the audience, like, being paid chuckle audience or something. Like, oh, oh, you said something funny. Oh, and it's like... <laughs> Bro, you guys are like a, a bad cartoon, you know, like bad cartoon characters or whatever. But I thought Tyron uh, held himself pretty well um, when they were talking back and forth. I, I don't think he wanted to be pushed around. Um, he was quick to kind of just put it back in his face that, uh, you know, you, you talked a lot of game. You, you do this, but this is a fight. This is a real fight. Um, you like to say that you've been a, a fighter, but he's like... Uh, this is real. This, yeah. you know, I think we're he's right be in there together, you know, and it's good. You know, I, I enjoyed it though. Yeah, I think he's right. I mean, I, I think this one to me, even though it's still kind of a circus, it feels a lot less of a circus than the Askren fight did, than Triller did, you yeah. know, than everything that was around that. This is a fight, and uh, I don't know. I'm interested. I'm definitely gonna be watching. I do. I want to get your take on this too, because I, I will say this, and 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 I get the ridiculousness of the Paul brothers, but as I've said. They're starting to grow on me a little bit, and Logan growing sure. on me because I loved I loved Logan's attitude around the Mayweather thing, where he was just like, "Look, man, don't let people tell you you can't do something. You know, look where I am. My second fight, I'm I'm in the, I'm in the ring with yeah. Floyd Mayweather. Isn't it Whoever great thought when this people was are humble? Isn't yeah. it great when people are humble and then you want to root for them? You know, I mean, does that like, does man. that connect it? Does that connect anything else we've talked about mm. today? I don't know why you're bringing it up there. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. You know, I, I so Logan grew on me that because when yes, he was out there being a showman and being a salesman and all that, but at the end of the day, he was like, "Look at this," you know, and he had like this kind of inspirational message, right? Yeah. So here's where Jake awesome. is growing. It was cool. So here's where Jake's growing on me is that you know he keeps bringing up this me this message of fighter pay and, and that sort of thing, and and I get it. You know, part of it is probably to stick it to Dana White a little bit, but I love what he said, and and he's speaking the right language, and I think this was so key to focus in on. Jake said. The fighters are the content. And I thought that was such an interesting way to put it because he is looking at the fights as content. I mean, that's what he is, right? That's what they both are. They're content creators, right? They made themselves famous through social media. But they're 100% right. The fights and the fighters are content. And we've, we've talked to people behind the scenes that, that you know, I mean, hell, we've mentioned it on here before if you're a longtime listener. I mean, the UFC is less of a fight company than you might imagine, it's 
it's a it's a it's a content company. It's a media company. It is in the business of creating content to sell and to license out to platforms all over the world who are willing to pay them for them. It just so happens that that content revolves around fights. So when he said yep. the fighters are the content, I was like, this guy. It's just a small little tweak and approach, but but it's he's saying the right things and he's saying the right language, and he's a hundred percent right. Now the problem is. Not many people have been successful in, you know, okay, well, we'll just do this on our own. Well, the thing is, you know, the UFC has access to, you know, multi-million dollar marketing platforms and, you know, yeah. established uh, distribution platforms and all. So it's like it's it's hard for you to go out there and do it on your own. And that's really what this whole lawsuit is about, you know, about the antitrust lawsuit and all that is that the UFC is saying, hey, we're not – we're not a monopoly. Anybody can do what we do. You know, you heard Dana come out and say, hey, just go start your own company. Well, you can't really do that. But I don't know. It's just Jake, I, I love the way Jake phrased it, and it's just a small little thing of, of, of the way it's presented, but he's so right. You know what I mean? The fighters are the content. There is no yep. there is no content for the UFC to sell if the fights yep. if aren't if the fighters aren't fighting. And it's it's just kind of interesting to see this guy continue to push. And by the way, Putting his money where his mouth is, not just talking trash, but the whole Sarah Alpar situation and doing the donation there. Um, I don't know, man. These 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 crazy Paul brothers are starting to grow on me a little bit. What do you think about? Uh, I don't know if you happen to catch it because I, I don't remember us really talking about it in the uh, the chat, uh, our Slack chat, our work Slack chat about the tattoo bet. I don't oh. know if you heard the tattoo bet. They have the winner. Uh, the winner. Uh, I'm sorry. The loser has to get the I love you know, Tyron Woodley or I love Jake Paul <laughs> tattooed on their bodies. If they hold their word, which I, they shook on it. So that's a man's man. It's a man's that's a, bet. That's, now that's you that's a man's shook bet. on it. So, uh, the loser has to get the other ones. I love, you know, said name on that their is body. Somewhere. Hilarious. I, see, and I love it, dude. That is that yeah. to me, that's like, it's crazy. And and that is, it's trash talk in a way. I mean, you know what I mean? Like that, I don't know. Yep. I love it. I love, I, I thought it was great. I, I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was great. Um, I'm telling you, these cats are growing on me. I know it's, I know there's probably going to be people that be like, John Morgan, you're, you're the, you're the MMA hardcore. You're the MMA purist. You're the guy that's been around for the beginning. What are you talking about? But Hey yeah. man, I, I just got to be honest, right? If they're doing stuff that's appealing to me. Now, I, oh, now, am I saying these are world-class athletes or that, hey, man, these guys are going to be the next world champion? No, I'm not saying that at all. But I, li I like what they're doing. I'm just saying I like what yeah. they're doing. And, and you you got to give it to them. And they're doing the work. I mean, they're hiring. They're spending their money hiring and bringing in some of the best training partners that you could possibly have. They're doing the work. Um, and, and honestly, the feel, and you know, going back to how this uh, press event felt as opposed to, say, like the Triller event, this is Showtime that got right. behind it. Showtime, right. the, the the home of boxing, the people that are like, okay, we deal with boxing. And if, if Showtime's like, one, of course, they, they're going to get their name behind it because they want to make some money. But Showtime brings a whole another level of professionalism, whole another level of respect. Um, they're doing the right thing. So, I mean, good on these Paul brothers, man. I mean, they're doing the work to put themselves in a position. They got good sized frames. I mean, they have athletic builds. I didn't even realize, oh boy, it was from Cleveland. You know, now I'm I didn't I give a little bit of buck I love. <laughs> um, that changed everything. You know, I'm like, fuck this Tyron guy, man. He's fighting a buckeye. No, I'm not gonna do that stupid shit. But uh they're doing the right things. But I mean, there was a definite feel that was different with it being under now like the Showtime banner as opposed mm -hmm. to what it was Triller. No, yep. no offense to Triller. I mean, they're just stepping new into the game, 
and they're trying to do their thing. Um, and they want to be different. They want to be that. Out. Wanna, Tr- Triller wants I, to be I the crazy right. outlier, right? So it's I not. Think, that's I not an insult right. to say that. Yeah, I think it's just it's going to feel like a typical sort of uh, Showtime um, boxing event, and like the co-main event. I mean, you got legit title holders going at it, so. It's going to be interesting, man. But yeah, I mean, I can't fault what the, the Paul brothers are doing. And I thought uh, afterwards, even when he was talking about the fighter pay, he's not trying to take the mantle and, and be like, follow me, fighters. But just as a person, like you said, that that knows what his worth is and what he brings and what the like he being content himself and everything he's doing. All he's trying to say is like, you know, hey, look at what I'm doing. You guys could do the same sort of thing. Yep. He's not trying to be like, you know, I'm going to start an association and you guys should follow me. But he's like, hey, guys, you know, if if what I'm doing works, you could do the same thing. So yep. it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool Good man. on him. Crazy. Crazy. I've, I've, I've done a 180 on these guys, man. I think I, I thought they were clowns. And uh, now I actually kind of enjoy seeing what they do. It's uh, And like you said, they're putting in the work, man. It's not like James Tony coming over to MMA where he clearly did not train anything in MMA. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like these guys are – are putting in the work, so uh, good on them. I, I know we'll be we'll be tuning into that this weekend. Though we'll be tuning into UFC on ESPN 26, as you said. Me and you covering another event at the UFC Apex. We did media day earlier this week. Islam Makachev and Tiago Moises in the main event. Uh, I actually had a chance to speak with Islam in in a one on one interview earlier in the week as well. Um, in in Islam, first of all, Islam, I, I got to give him credit, man. He's he's trying to learn English. Uh, he's, he's trying to have a little, speaking of the trash talk, he's trying to have a little bit of trash talk in there, which I love, you know, I asked him if he wants to fight Rafael Dos Angeles and he's like, yeah, but you know, and it's the broken English, but it's great. He's like, yes, but he run for me, but he old, he needs to retire. I can help him retire. I was like, I love it, man. Good job there. Yeah. You know, and he's, he's, he's doing that. And, and listen, this is a guy that, um, you know, a, a lot of people around him have tabbed as a future USC champion. Of course, Habib Nurmagomedov, his longtime training partner, um, and now helping coach him a little bit too, um, has always said, "Look, this is the guy. This is the guy." Um, Islam was kind of funny. It was I was I was asking him, you know, how much he he uh, he's he's taking from Habib now that Habib doesn't have to worry about his own fighting career. Now he's just in a coaching role. And he told me he's like, "Well, it's good. You know, he can spend more time teaching me." He's like, "The bad thing is, he's like, I can't spar with him anymore because he's too big now. <laughs> he's he's, <laughs> he's put he's put on some pounds in his non-fighting days, so I can't spar with him." Um, but listen, you know, he, he's he's trying to learn English. He's trying to do all the right things. Um, and and this could be a big moment for him. You know, a main event. Uh, and I think if he wins this fight, it's it's going to get him. Uh, you know, uh, one of those kind of top five opponents, the ones that he's been struggling to get. And I get it. He's one of those guys that people legitimately do not want to fight. And I always point it out because I hate when people say, oh, they're scared. You know, that that fighter's scared. Yeah. Look, there is nobody on the USC roster that is scared of anybody, okay? Just get that out. If that is in your vocabulary, get it out. They ain't scared. Now, is it a wise career decision when you realize, you know, A, this guy is going to grapple the hell out of you. He's going to be a wrestling-heavy attack. He's going to make it a very, very hard fight, which means it's going to be a hard fight to even prepare for because you just got to do that dirty, grimy wrestling every single day to get ready. Um, if he beats you, uh, you know, obviously you, you he doesn't have a lot of name recognition, even though us hardcores know who he is. I mean, how many people outside the hardcore sphere have any idea who this guy is? And, or, I mean, they're going to they're gonna be seeing his name for the first time when they tune into this thing this weekend. So there's there's no name value. If you beat him, everybody goes, yeah, who'd you beat? And if you lose, or, or, or you may win and just look terrible because you have to grind out this, you know, difficult fight. So Islam is a guy that nobody has really wanted to fight, and that is legit. 
Not because they're scared, just because it hasn't been good reason to. There will be good reason to after this because if he wins, which I, I, I tend to think he will, um, he'll be right up there at the top of the division. Now, all that said, I do not want to take away from Tiago Moises. Tiago Moises is, you know, has got good jiu-jitsu, so it's not like he's completely out of his element uh, on the ground. He's he's got uh, better striking, so if he can keep it on the feet, you would certainly favor him to to do things. So I'm not completely counting him out of this fight. I just will say I, I, I do think Islam is one of those guys whose wrestling is so good that he's just an incredibly difficult matchup for, for anybody in the division. I completely agree. I mean, they make it look so easy. On paper, it sounds so easy. It's like, just keep it standing. Just keep it standing, <laughs> and you have a really good chance. It's really hard to keep it standing with these guys. And uh, and you got to think that Habib isn't he – he's not going to be blowing smoke up anybody's ass trying to say, like, this guy – is a future champion unless he really thinks it. I've never seen him do that to anybody else before. So if, if he's confident and he's putting the work and he believes that this guy is going to be a future champ, he's going to be a future champ. And everything we've seen leading up to this point, I mean, proves uh, that it's probably going to happen sooner rather than later. Um, I think probably hands down, uh, unfortunately, our staff pick is probably pretty heavy uh, in one direction on this yeah. one. And, and, it's, and it's no slight to Tiago, like you said, um, it's just every once in a while, uh, fighters go up against these guys that are sort of might as well be immovable forces where you just can't get around it. And it's, it's not through anything that you can do. It's just, you happen to hit a force of nature that is too big to overcome right now. And I think that's where Makachev is, is that right now in his fighting? Mm -hmm. Um, so I mean, there, I mean, there's always a chance. I mean, it feels shitty to say, oh, there's a puncher's chance. There always is that puncher's chance, but I've never seen anybody be able to kind of have their way striking with them without somehow giving up uh, going to the ground. And uh, I think that's just going to happen. And I I envision it, it, it could happen first or second round, I think. It's going to be interesting. I, that, that would yeah. be a huge statement if, if he could get that done. So, listen, favorite of Islam Makachev here. Uh, no disrespect to Tiago Moises, but, you know, maybe this will be the coming out party for Islam Makachev. Uh, you know, it is the main event. It did get elevated to the main event when we lost our headliner. Um, went from three rounds to five. Both guys signed up for it, said no big deal. Let's go ahead and do five rounds. Uh, they both want to prove they belong at that next level, then compete in that next level. Don't think this is going to be one of those cards that uh, does a huge number um, and, and, you know, I think this is one of those ones if you want to catch the replay and so it's on demand, you can skip through all the, the commercials and that sort of thing. Feel free to do that. Or you could just read about it all at MMA Junkie. We'd be happy to keep you updated <laughs> there, you there. Just go there. Uh, but I, I will say I think the biggest story probably um, – is is the return of Misha Tate, right? I mean, no disrespect mm, to those it. two guys in in the headliner, yeah. but that's probably yeah. the biggest story on the card. Is the return of Misha Tate facing Marion Renault, who, by the way, Marion was 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 hilarious. You know, when when she, she's made it clear this is her retirement fight, and I was like, man, are, you know, are you sure you might not sway a little bit? You know, maybe you have a great performance. You go, ah, maybe one more. And she was like, absolutely not. I am done. <laughs> I have had plenty. Um, and meanwhile, yeah. Misha Tate is saying uh, Misha Tate 2.0. So. Um, you know, I, I guess we we could set it up, but I'll just I'll just play the audio now because I, I mean, listen, I think everybody knows the story. Former champ took more than yeah. four years away, has had children in the meantime, uh, had a big change in her personal life behind the scenes as well. Um, that's obviously been well well documented, um, and 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 she's back and she's ready and she looks good and she looks to be in phenomenal shape, man. She and, looks and her incredible shape, unbelievable shape, and her her attitude, man. She's 
she's focused, she's there, she seems excited. Um, so we'll just we'll play you a little bit of uh, of my questions to, to Misha Tate at the media day. So here is uh, my conversation with Misha Tate. It's been a while. Yeah, it's, it's been, been a while, minute. almost five years. So talk about. It. I mean, I'm, obviously you've been building to this point. You made the decision. You've been training, but now you're here. Fight week. What's what's the emotion like for you right now? It feels damn good to say it's fight week. Yeah, I mean it's it's like that old friend that you haven't talked to in years, and you call him up, and you're like, you haven't skipped a beat. You know, that's how I feel. I just I feel at home with this. It's very natural, and I'm the happiest to be here that I've been in a very long time. When you made the decision to walk away, it seemed to me like like mental burnout more than anything. Is that an accurate way to say it? Like it wasn't that you didn't feel you couldn't compete. You were just kind of tired of dealing with everything? Yeah, absolutely. I just had too much on my plate and especially like baggage that I just really didn't need. I needed to, to clear away things that were taken away from me as a person, as a human being, right? We're all humans. And I think we've all been through rough patches in our life, right? So that was just a really rough time for me. And I just needed to step away and regroup. And I kind of identified that as with the sport. But to be honest, when I've taken this four years away and I look at it and I'm more in love with the sport than I've ever been. So it, it wasn't that. It was just the entanglement of everything. And that included the sport. And when I had to step away from the toxicity, that meant I had to step away from the sport too because I just didn't know how to detangle the knot, you know, until I was outside of it. As far as coming back, is I wonder if this is like the ideal scenario, right? Like this is kind of a small fight week card after a huge event. You know what I mean? Like you were in the spotlight, in the heat of it, like for a long, long time. Is this kind of refreshing that it's not all of that? It's so perfect. It, it is so perfect. I'm so glad I wasn't on the Connor card. I just didn't. I've, I've loved that I've just been able to focus on what I'm doing and just get my feet wet again, right? I mean, it's been a while. It's, so, yeah, I mean, I'm, um, I feel great and I'm rolling with the momentum, but I don't feel like I need all that right now. I'm just doing my thing, like. I could have gone to the Connor fight too and just been a guest or spectator, but I'm like, I just have, I just want to focus. I just want to do my thing. And that's what I'm going to kind of been the theme of this camp. Just very ultra focused. What do you think about the matchup with Marion? What do you think she brings to the table? What do you, what do you think about her as an opponent? Like, I think Marion is great. I lie. Just, I really admire her. I think she's very solid. I don't think she has a lot of holes in her game. She's a black belt in jujitsu. She has that strong submission over Sarah McMahon. So impressive. She has a great submission over Jessica Andrade and she stays in fights. You know, the fights she has lost have always been very close. She's lost a number of split decisions. She's been on the verge of being a contender a number of times and she just didn't get her break. But the way that I look at this fight and the Marion Renault that I prepared for is, is a mother who's going to have her son in the corner for the first time, who's going to look at somebody that matters between rounds and say, I don't want to let that person down. You know what I mean? I could only imagine as a mother, if I physically saw my children between the rounds, like it's going to charge her and she's going to come and she's going to bring it. This is the fight, you know, according to her that she's always wanted. She's always wanted to fight me and there's nothing left. It's her retirement fight. So what does she have to say for? There's no title fight on the horizon. There's nothing else. So I think for her, um, She's going to bring everything that she has. So I've really had that mindset the entire camp that there is no underestimating this woman. A lot of people might because they might look at her record and say, oh, it's not the best. You know, she's never been finished in the UFC. How about that? Yeah. Who else can say? I mean, not very many women, not even the champion Amanda can say that. I can't say that. Holly can't say that. You know, I mean, a lot of the very best women in this, you know, Juliana fighting for world. She can't say that. But but Marion can. 
you know, and she's fought a lot of the best. She's never been finished. So, um, she's a tough old, you know, she's a, I don't want to say a tough old dog. I don't want to, you know, but you know what I'm saying? Like she's a veteran she's a, she, and she knows how to stay in these fights. So I'm expecting her to bring it. I know that you said that, you know, coming back, you're not, you're not wanting anything less than gold, right? You're coming back for it all, but what's the journey for you here, right? Cause this would be, like you said, she's, t- she's a tough, durable competitor, but not necessarily the highest ranked. You walked away at the top of the division. How do you go? I mean, do you start from the bottom and work up? Or do you think what you accomplished five years ago means that, you know, you're two or three in the world or one win away from a title shot? What, what, how do you see your journey to the top? I don't know how it translates. You know what I want to do? I just want to start with Saturday. You know what I mean? I think it's very important that I get that win and I don't look too far ahead. You know, um, I, I, I am somebody who right has short term, midterm, long term goals. So there's a way that I would like for it to go in a perfect world, but I know that I need to accomplish this. It's imperative that I get this win for my trajectory. And, you know, I think it's not unrealistic to say that if I have the performances that I'm planning on having, that it could be you know, as little as three fights until I'm back into a title shot. You know, if I, if I'm beating and I'm continuing to move up and I'm climbing the ranks, you know, that I think is a a fair assumption, but, but I just want to start with Saturday and, you know, see how that goes. It's the last thing for me, like you said, I mean, you pick up a win or two, that spotlight's going to get super intense once again. All right. Uh, do you welcome that? I mean, do you, or do you feel like I don't want it to be like it was a time before? Cause like I said, I know that the pressure and the intensity on you was, was a lot. Yeah, you know, it was a lot, but I, I, again, I still don't think that it was the the pressure or the intensity that was the problem. I just think it was me and where I was at, you know, that I just couldn't handle more of anything. So, you know, when, when you're, you're in a place of, um, depression, when you're in a dark place, when you're, you're suffering, but you're putting on this, this front and face, and I'm trying to convince myself a lot of the time, you know, that I'm okay. Um, you know, it just, I just didn't have it to give anymore. That's really what it boiled down to. I just didn't have it to give anymore. And I, I was so used to that because since I was 19 years old and I started fighting, that's the way it had always been. It had always been that way in my personal life. And it had always been that way through my entire career. And I always felt like, you know what, that's how it is. You know, I thought maybe it kind of was how it was for everyone, I guess. And I just did. And I showed up and I, you know, cry here and go do this and, you know, have my emotional despair here and go do and and perform in spite of, but I'm at a place now where I feel like I don't need any of that. What if I just got rid of it all and I just allowed myself to be the very best version? That's where I'm at. So I feel very charged and very excited to move forward this Saturday and pursue this second part of my career. So it is upgraded. It's upgrade time, Tate There was Misha Tate. Uh, listen, I mean, she's always been professional and always been, you know, a great interview and I think honest and straightforward and all that. But I don't know, man. It, it, like I said, physically, she looks amazing. She's posted the pictures on her social media. You know, she says, I, I heard her talking uh, to Dana White actually a couple weeks back. Uh, they were, I can't remember why Dana came over to our side of the apex, but they ended up talking like right in front of us. Um, and I didn't really post the details of it because I've, it was a private conversation that I just couldn't help but overhearing because they were standing in front of me. But she was talking about the fact that she has, like, the lowest body fat percentage she's ever had. You know, she was talking about, like, personal records and personal gains and certain things. So, I mean, physically she seems amazing. From a mental perspective, which so much of this game is mental, um, 
man, I, she, at the end of her career, she just seemed absolutely burned out, if I could be honest with you, man. And I get it, man. The the, the, the rivalry with, with Ronda Rousey obviously was massive, and the, the strains on her, uh, you know, man, it's just the demands of her. I mean, she was – she was stretched thin, let's be honest. And and I think she felt at that time that she didn't have the support system that she needed around her anyway. So she just seemed so completely burned out. And that seems like a totally different person. And, you know, we touched on it there. I, I feel like this way of returning, where it's not on the chaos of a Conor McGregor card, where it's not even on the, the chaos of a normal fight night card because, like, we barely have any media. I mean, there were five of us in there asking questions the other day. Yeah. She, won't, she won't have a crazy crowd. You know, it just, it just seems like kind of a – a nice re-entry into the organization instead of, you know, just coming back and being, I don't know, hounded right from the start or in a high-pressure situation. Um, I, 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 you know, I, I think I think she's set, setting herself up for success here. Now, we'll see once she gets in there what she still has. I don't think she's necessarily, uh, you know, that the game has passed her by or anything like that. She's been training. She's stayed in the gym. She's been a part of MMA the whole time. It's not like she unplugged completely. So, you know, the test will be once the cage door closes, but I'm kind of optimistic about what she'll be able to accomplish in a return, if I'm being honest with you. Now, I'm not saying I'll pick her against Amanda Nunes right now, but I wouldn't pick anybody against Amanda Nunes right now. So that's no slight at Misha Tate. I'm, I'm kind of excited to see what she can accomplish in a return here. Yeah, I mean, look at these pictures, and I hadn't really even went to her Instagram, but I just said, but my Lord, is she jacked. I, I, I think I might. Uh, I think I'm gonna switch my uh, picks because part of me was like, <laughs> Renault wants to go out there and and give her all, and it you know it could be a, one of those storybook endings, you know, ends by beating a former champ, you know. And yeah. I loved how uh, Misha was very very respectful of her, but man, this is the this is the former title holder. I mean, this is the person that gave Ronda a lot of tough challenges and yes. and her heart, everything that she showed out there. Um, if, if she's coming in focused and she's actually re-energized, um, she's going to be dangerous. She left on her own terms. She left while she was still at the top of her game physically. Um, just mental, you know, we've heard over and over and over what the mental side can do to a fighter to help them uh, perform better or perhaps be the, the trick as to why they didn't win because the, their head held them back in some areas. So, if she's coming in and firing it at all cylinders and she's focused, uh, she got that mom strength going on now. Um, That's right. Which I, I bet is even stronger than dad's strength. Um, Has to be. It, it's uh, it's going to be something. But, man, uh, I, I've i always liked Marion as well. Uh, and this, this is hands down the fight of the night uh, <laughs> pretty easily. Um, it's going to be interesting. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's clearly – as you said before, you know, this is definitely outside of uh, Makachev, you know, possibly having his breakout moment. The return of Cupcake to uh, the UFC is awesome because, I mean, we the UFC needs more um, female stars that it can rally around. I think it does yep. a kind of a half-assed job of promoting the ones that they have right now. I think they could always do a little bit better on that, um, but they could be doing that on the men's side as well. I think they just, you know, they pick their, their, their certain few uh, – and then kind of run with them. They could always yep. do better, but Misha gives them another opportunity of a name that they can push out there. So she has a really good showing, and she is really back. Um, that's good. It's good for the sport. It really, really I, is. 
I agree. I'm excited to see how she performs in there, and uh, I think that's you know I think that's what a lot of people are going to be tuned in for. I will say by the way, uh, I'll set up another one as well. Mateus Gamrot versus Jeremy Stevens. Uh, Gamrot with that impressive career record he, he amassed over there, uh, fighting in uh, KSW, and uh, now has. Uh, he finally got his his first UFC win under his belt as well. He didn't you know didn't fare so well in his debut for the UFC, uh, but now he's, he's got his first UFC win and now wants to build on that. And he is stoked to be going against Jeremy Stevens, who you know Mateus even said like this is a big opportunity for me. This is a big name. I had to take it. This is amazing. But I wanted to set up the audio of Jeremy Stevens as well because uh, I trimmed it down a little bit, but I, I left my questions in there as well as Cold Coffee's questions. Cold Coffee, obviously, intrepid reporter that he is. I thought I got a fantastic <laughs> answer out of Jeremy Stevens. Uh, but I, I spent a lot of my time talking about, you know, the face-off and, what, you know, what that's going to be like. So we'll know a little bit about – we might have already seen it by the time you listen to this, depending on what time you're listening to uh, this episode of The Roadshow. But uh, I, I'm intrigued by how – both Stevens and Gamrod are going to follow up on a face-off after Stevens' last fight was called off because of that big shove. This will be the first time he does one. So I was intrigued by that. But then, well, I don't want to spoil it for you, but we got to see a different side of Jeremy Stevens, courtesy of cold coffee. Here he is, uh, Little Heathen. Jeremy, where, uh, can you describe just kind of where your headspace is at right now, man? I mean, I think about last time you were here and, you know, very emotional week and all that, and then it all falls apart. So where, where do you stand right now? Shit, I'm jamming, bro. Straight jamming right now. I'm ready to rock and roll. It's fight week. Uh, I don't have to cut a million pounds to to go and fight. I'm I'm excited, man. It's good to be back here and hear your voice and just just be here in presence of uh, fighting. That's awesome, man. To hear the positivity with, I, I can't imagine you were that way right away, right? I mean, I know you want to get out there and fight. So, I mean, how difficult was that to not, you know, get that opportunity? What do you do, man? What do you do? You know, uh, you you. you do a lot of work you know I was closing on a lot of tabs you know last time we had talked and just in a really good uh, head head place and space and uh, the opportunity didn't come <clears throat> and I realized you know everything happens for a reason uh, take the positive out of it just like I, I go about my life and you know here we are facing I feel like a more game opponent a little bit more dangerous of opponent guy can mix it up a lot better than uh, Jafar so uh, I'm excited Guys, any regrets? I mean, I know you're going to be you. You're a little heathen for a reason. But, I mean, any regrets in, in that shove? Uh, you know, my my my. you saw my interview and you heard his interview. He kind of sounded a little bit arrogant, you know, not really giving me credit, kind of saying this, saying that. And he was dealing with injuries. And then when that happened, it was like, oh, I get it, you know. But uh, the human side of me <laughs> was like, you know, that, that maybe you could have waited. But, you know, the primal side was like, nah, fuck that, bro. You got – you broke protocol. First of all, we were in UFC a couple of days before that, pounding, you know, to him and his girlfriend, whatever, and everybody everything was cool. But I could tell at the weigh-ins, and he just kept coming up, and he was just like in his eyes, and you know, he gets right in my face and touches nose and nose. And uh, to me, it was just like disrespect, bro. I'm showing up for a different reason. I was really showing up to really concuss him on Saturday night. I mean, call it brutal, what it is, but you watch my highlight tape, you know what I'm here to do, and. Uh, to me, it was just disrespectful. You know, like we could have had it, we could have had a good fight, and I, I was cool. You know, I was telling you earlier that we were cool. We were hanging out before, and uh, you can, and, and you know, even he was late to the weigh-ins. He came in like, uh, uh, like he was gonna hit a set. You know, so I just think that he was just in a different headspace than I was, and uh, it's probably a good thing that we didn't fight because I had bad intentions. You know, they have like the Jeremy Stevens policy now, right? Like before every car, they're telling people, by the way, if you touch anybody, you can be taken off this car. Yeah, that doesn't work, man. I've seen so many people <laughs> touch people. This is the fight game, bro. This isn't a sport. You know, you want to keep it sport, you know, watch something else. 
uh, you know, Connor kicked Dana, you know, and then, you know, did he get any trouble or any fines taken out? Hell no. Boys making him millions and millions of dollars. So it's the fight game. People love that shit, to be honest. Yeah, they actually do. Uh, all right, let's talk about this one. As you said, kind of a more game opponent. I mean, an impressive record, but obviously a lot of it built outside of the UFC. So were you familiar with this guy at all when they presented him to you? No, no, I had to look him up. I had to look him up. What, and what do you think and what you've seen? Uh, MMA wrestler, striker, you know, grappler at heart, you know, is another guy who I feel like is going to want to be taking me down, game plan, trains with a great camp and American top team, so they, they game plan really well. Uh, but he's going to find out in there it's, it's hard to game plan against a dude who's throwing bricks and shotguns at your chest and body and uh, able to defend takedowns as well. You know, I, I, Frankie Edgar took me down a couple times, but it didn't hold me down very long. I was able to get up, you know, and uh, Frankie held down Charles Oliveira and whooped his ass, so – uh, Dennis Bermudez guy who come in with wrestling, you know, he took me down right in the beginning of the first round. I, I'd received a cut little things, but then after that, all his takedown attempts were failed. Uh, then he ended up getting smashed with a knee to his dome and that's how we treat them guys right there. So I'm looking to go out there and have a great, great performance game. Gamrot. I feel like he's a worthy opponent. He's game, but he's in for a long night. Yeah. What do you do if he gets in your face at the way at the ceremony at the face off? What do you do? Uh, you know what? I don't think we're just going to allow that. You know, I, I think we're just going to keep a distance. I might just stick stick my hand out to shake his hand. I, I want to be completely calm, chill, collected, and uh, Saturday night because uh, you know I, I didn't walk away with my show money like some people did. You know, so uh, I'm going to be playing it cool, man. Nice. Last thing for me. Or maybe up. not. Who knows? Maybe when we get there, we'll see. We'll see. What shove happens. him anyway. Yeah, who gives a fuck? <laughs> gives a fuck, right? I mean, unless you give a fuck, like the Diaz, like the fans love you. So who knows, man? Catch me in the mood. We'll, we'll see. Maybe that'll be your thing. Like just when people walk up, you just automatically yeah, shove them. Shoving Stevens, baby. <laughs> Last when, I, when I shove people, they don't fucking move. <laughs> you hear that, dude? I mean, honestly, after the fight, after that kind of down, like I saw that, and like I really wanted to retweet it, but I didn't. But it, it was just fucking hilarious, dude. So. Last thing for me, just talk about, I guess, the importance of this fight. Because, you know, you, you talk about, man, like the great headspace you were in and kind of this, you know, reinvention of yourself. Then you didn't get to. So, I mean, is this a big night for you to go out there and, and, and show that the work you put in is paying off? Every night is a big night, man. Your ass is on the chopping block every time you get in the UFC, even if you're on a win streak. You don't give a fuck, man. You got to go out there and, and do your thing. But I don't, I don't ever put that pressure on. I, I can just fight. I can scrap. I just have it naturally. You know, I know that, you know. But, uh... I know that I want to win. I don't want to fucking lose. I don't want to be one of them guys just come in like, oh, I had a great performance. No, I want to I want to put people away. I want to win. You know, like I've been telling people, the the, the, the money is for my family, for my future, for, for them, for them to play softball, for them to do their thing. I just want the fucking win just to stand over your body after I concuss you and you're laying there and just almost like, oh, that's the win, bro. That's what I chase. It's a fucking the adrenaline. That's it's been a it's been a long damn time, bro, and it's been a long over a year since I fought. You know, since I was 16 years old, you know, and all I have is is from my fist, literally. Like since I was 16 years old, you see all these clothes on me besides the the venom. You know, I I've earned it with my fist and fighting, and that's that's what I really love to do. That's what I'm passionate about. That's what I bring to the table, and that's why people tune in to watch me fight. What does life after fighting look like for Jeremy Stevens? Chill, bro. No more weight cutting. Just uh, chilling on real estate, collecting money, watching my kids grow up, maybe being a softball coach, softball dad. I really just want to enjoy the journey and let my money work for me and uh, just live life, you know. And I, I definitely want to be 70 years old, still, you know, picking up the lady, shaking her down like dice at night and uh, <laughs> running marathons and just enjoying and just kicking back. You know, uh, I got a brand name, Screaming Heathen. I'm looking to make my own beer, have my own marijuana brand and just live, live life, brother.
you would be the most intense softball coach ever. <laughs> do you ever do anything like, you know, it's funny. You haven't met my like, wife. <laughs> I love your passion. I mean, do you ever try to do anything like super chill, like fishing? Or do you are you the most intense fisherman in, in all of history? <laughs> no, I love to fish. I'm from the Midwest, man. I love to hunt. I love to fish. Uh, I do super still ch- uh, stuff, you know. I like to actually, I like to smoke weed and meditate and do hot yoga. I do do them things. Uh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a lot different person outside the octagon. I wish maybe you guys would follow me around. You'd be like, really? This guy does that, you know, or, uh, you probably, you know, I drink coffee, you know, people just think I brush my teeth with bad intentions. Like Dana said all the time I walk around, but I'm not an angry person, bro. I really like to stand in my power. I really like to help people. I love to give back. I'm the type of guy who take off my shirt, uh, donated to homeless. I've, I've put myself in charities. I've, I've given back. I, I take my kids to, um, uh, programs in the, sh- uh, shelters, uh, we go down there for Christmas. We donate stuff like that because, you know, I can't sit back in my big ass house and pool and be like, hey, you you don't you know, this is the way this is the way. And I'm like, you know, because they don't know how their their dad grew up. They don't they don't they don't see that. They just see this soft, loving guy who's who's their hero. So uh, I take him to experiences like that. These are still people and this is how you treat people. And just because like, hey, I was in a shelter uh, one time with my mom and, and look, look, look where I made it. So you don't, you don't treat people any different. So that's the type of guy that I am outside the octagon. And, um, and I love that, you know, something like uh, Dustin Poirier, you know, someone who is in, in that type of uh, stage, making that type of money, really helping out a lot of people. That's, that's what I love to do, man. I love to uh, donate my time and, and help out the people who really, truly need it. That's awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you, sir. All right, so there's Jeremy Stevens, obviously the, you know, the the lovable hothead that we all expect him to be, but there's a softer side, Cold Coffee. He likes <laughs> there to, is. He likes to hang around and, you know, smoke a little weed and do a little hot yoga, that sort of thing. He's... <laughs> he's, a, he's just a just a kind little guy. He doesn't he doesn't brush his teeth with bad intentions? <laughs> he totally does. He totally <laughs> does. It's so funny when he was saying that, and it's funny because I think if you listen closely after he had first said about how he wanted to be a softball coach, I couldn't help it, but I chuckled, and I was thinking about. <laughs> I, I, I sort of laughed a little, and I was smiling. I was like, I hope he didn't think I was like really laughing at him. I was like, I was like laughing at the idea of like. No fucking way. Like, if I oh. saw him as a softball coach, he would literally be the most intense. It, but it's funny. If you go back in and my head, yeah, in my head, it. what I'm picturing is like him yelling at an umpire. Like, that's not a ball. Oh, I'm going to kill you. God, yes. <laughs> he, he's going to have the most record for being ejected from games. And if not, I would be sorely upset and disappointed. Uh, but, yeah. But I, uh, when he is on and he is engaged, and he has been the last couple times, he is so fun for mm-hmm. an interview. Um, he's he's completely at ease. I love that you could tell that he was enjoying being there. He was enjoying talking. I mean, we all know that. I mean, I mean, fight weeks in right now, especially with the Apex, they're staying at a residence in or whatever. Um, <laughs> if I don't know if I was not supposed to say that or not, whatever. But it's not like it's a fancy place. But they're stuck with their own devices in these rooms, and then they get unleashed when they finally get to to be out of the rooms and uh, here's these media. And I think a lot of them are in good spirits. I've been in great spirits just to actually interact with other people outside of right. just their, their team. Kind and of break up the boredom of the, ones, of the day. Yes. I could only imagine, um, you know, just being stuck in there where it's just like, okay, think about losing weight, 
and then maybe go down to the gym and then maybe work out a little bit and then repeat the process for the next Ugh, three days or whatever. Not fun. Not fun. Not fun. So he came in with such a fun uh, attitude, such a fun um, just perspective, and and it I was I was blown away by by his, his uh, answers there at the end. But uh, I I Good still stuff. believe that he brushes his teeth with severe angry and bad intentions <laughs> you know he does he's lying unless he's high but, <laughs> unless just, he's and, high then he's then and, he's cool he's like, i'm gonna get you plaque i'm gonna get you plaque i'm gonna get you i might even floss now i'm gonna floss you motherfucker <laughs> a little peek behind the scenes with jeremy stevens i love it yeah. uh listen that, that should be a fun fight as well i mean you know two two guys that can finish fights so we'll see how that plays out uh, like i said this card is it's not bad there's some decent matchups on it the rest of the main card uh dustin stoltzwitz and uh, hadolfo vieira of course hadolfo vieira coming off the shocking submission loss where he admitted you know he was just exhausted and um really said that he, he's got to focus on managing his energy you know he just he's, he said he still gets nerves and it's kind of uneasy for him to be in there and uh, mm-hmm. You know, he he said basically, you know, I was like, was it kind of embarrassing? You know, you're this world champion jujitsu player, and you get choked out. He's like, dude, I was so exhausted at that point. Like, literally anybody could have choked me out at that point. So, uh, you know, he, he said, said that, and I was like, bro, we, me and John couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely could. I was like, but I'm gonna anybody. leave it alone. I'm gonna leave it alone. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Dustin Stolzis, who who uh, was you know came up short in his debut as well, um, you know said, he, and he, it was funny, man, because he's like, gosh, I hate saying this because it just sounds like I'm making excuses and I don't want to. He's like, but he's like, man, COVID messed me up. You know, I was still having some yeah. real long-term uh, complications from from COVID, and and uh, you know that was not me in there. But you know, I'm fully recovered now and I'm back. So. Um, you know, a meaningful fight for both those guys and their styles um, could be a lot of fun. Uh, Gabriel Benitez and Billy Quarantillo kicks it off. That's going to be an absolute that banger. I think a lot of people, yeah, I think a yeah. lot of people are thinking that one's, um, you know, kind of fight of the night material uh, to open up the main card. And the whole thing is on ESPN and ESPN Plus. So you can catch it all. Uh, he's live or on demand. You got uh, Daniel Rodriguez returning against uh, the newcomer in Preston Parsons, uh, Amanda Lemos versus Montserrat Ruiz. Uh, oh, Ruiz, sorry, she's not. Actually, I think she goes by Montserrat Conejo now. I don't know if we have to change yeah, her name or not. Yeah, I thought they switched, which is what rabbit. Yeah, which is rabbit. Was. But I guess if if that's Montserrat Rabbit, I guess if that's what she wants to go by, then we'll give it to her. We'll see what they, we'll see what they call her on the broadcast. If they if they call her Conejo again, then I'll I'll change her listing on on MMA Junkie. Uh, to come out with that little rabbit thing for Wayne again. Remember that she had that little. Uh, <laughs> she did that have the little, little rabbit. The, Rabbit a little rabbit tail, tail a little rabbit tail uh so that's what you got going I, I, no, I, I knew you didn't i knew you didn't uh so that's what we got going on at the usc i was gonna get uh nolan king this week he's out uh in uncasville connecticut again we do have bellator 262 on friday night i was gonna get him on uh and i'm gonna do that more frequently when he's at bellator events but i'll be honest the bellator event isn't the greatest offering they've ever had either uh juliana velasquez the undefeated uh, flyweight champ puts her belt on the line against nice keelholtz who um, is a great striker. Is still very early in her career. I think is going to get. I I, I like Denise Keelholz a lot, man. She's super nice and she's super fun to watch. But I just think this is an an absolutely awful matchup for. Yeah, yeah stylistically, it's a, it's a terrible matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you got a couple prospects on there. Johnny Eblen undefeated. I think you want to keep an eye on him. Cody Law, another up and coming fighter. That I think people are talking a lot about. Uh, Cole Coffey, I know, will certainly be keeping an eye on uh, Diana Afsaragova, the undefeated uh, Russian import who yep. has yep. made quite the splash. But listen, <laughs> I mean, we all know why they got her. We all know why they were marketing her. But she comes in and she gets a 29-second win in her promotional debut. So now you start thinking, wait a minute. 
do we got something Maybe. here outside of just this, Maybe. you know? You know, we we all know why you signed her, Bellator. Don't even try to hide it. But you know, yeah, you know, she's maybe gorgeous. they got something. Maybe they got something. <laughs> maybe. Uh, so, like I said, overall, not the not the biggest offerings uh, on the weekend, but uh, certainly you know a couple events to keep you busy. And uh, I think we'll we'll have full coverage, of course, of the USC event. I think it's going to be one of those entertaining cards. Uh, hopefully, it moves quickly, gives us some highlights. Uh, it's not going to be the biggest traffic weekend for us at MMA Junkie. But you know what? Sometimes you need a little. A little reset after a big event like we had uh, this past weekend in, in USC 264. So now yeah. we're just kind of, you know, settle back down and get get into the, get into a, a calmer rhythm again after. Yeah, and nights with fights is better than nights without. So I mean, to have two nights in a row where you can kind of chill, do your own thing, um, watch some good fights, hopefully, and then uh, and and not have to worry about missing some crazy action that you know everybody at the office is going to be talking about. You know, this is one of those weekends where you know. Hopefully some good fights stand out and you have something good to talk about, but it's still a night with fights is better than a night without. So we're good for that. Friday, nope. Saturday. Boom, boom, boom. We'll have you covered. Like I said, Nolan King out there. It's not the fight sphere anymore because I don't, don't think they do the bubble anymore. It's just Uncasville, Connecticut. So he's out there. Oh, uh, so what do, you, what do you call him the mayor of now? Is he the mayor of? His, he was the mayor of the fight sphere, but the fight sphere doesn't exist anymore. So you got booted out of office, man. Sorry about Whoa. that. You, you lost your title. Now we got to find something else for Nolan King. That was a, that was a temporary <laughs> title, I guess. But he's out there covering that. <laughs> Nolan obviously has, has done a great job of covering the Bellator beat because he just lives closest out of anybody. Yeah. So he's been the one that's been going to the all Baron those events. Of Bellator? The Baron, the Baron of Bellator. The Baron of Bellator. That's like a that's like royalty, right? Or, or it, that's a position, right? The Baron. Absolutely. Yeah. You're working you on something the there. The Baron. <laughs> and just wait and see see how long it takes him to be like, what the hell are you talking about? What just, are you talking about? <laughs> Why are you calling me the Baron? Uh, so Nolan will be out there, myself and Cole Coffee will be covering the USC event. Uh, by the way, shout out to everybody. Uh, like I said, if, if, if you like what you're listening to, uh, do us a favor. Rate us and review us. I haven't thrown that in there, but, but do that for us. If you feel sorry for us because we got kicked out of a bar. Rate us and review us. We appreciate that feedback. And, of course, if you want to step your game up to the next level, head on over to patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow where for as little as $3 a month. You can sign up to help support the show and get exclusive access to all the and-a-half content as well as just join the discussion over there. We've got a fun little community. I uh, want to give a shout-out to G. G had some kind words for us the other week, man. So uh, appreciate everybody that reaches out over there. I'm not the best at getting back to everybody at social media sometimes because I get my inbox gets a little full sometimes. But over at patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow, you have my undivided attention. So G had some kind words for the show over there, and we really appreciate yeah. it. So, well, I apologize to the rest of our Patreon people that I have not done the roadmap. I will get better. I will do that. I promise. I apologize. Empty <laughs> promises. <laughs> oh. <laughs> And maybe we'll even debut this video thing. This has worked out pretty good. Like I said, we've been kind of finally tweaking this thing behind the scenes for a while. I think we got a setup that works now, so maybe we can go ahead and go full video at some point. And uh, that way we can still keep doing the show, even if we're not together, because one half of the MMA Road Show is old and burned out and needs to get some time at home. <laughs> that means I have to get – then I have to get – now I have to start taking showers again. So, damn it. Oh, man. Plus. You stick with us long enough. I mean, listen, we've done this for 329 consecutive weeks. Never missed a show. I, I don't always plug uh, our consistency the way I should, but I am proud of that. Uh, the, the Lou Gehrig of, well, I guess that Cal Ripken ended up beating his number, right? So the Cal Ripken of, of, of MMA go. podcast every single week. You can count on us. But I guess if you stick with us long enough, I'm probably going to get old and burned out too. And it's just gonna, it's, we're going to have to rename the show to the to the, the MMA, MMA home not, show. Yeah. <laughs> 
MMA home show. We're well, not getting out at the all. MMA home show. Go into your pantry, grab some snacks, and you'll be just like us. <laughs> uh, a healthy salad, if you will. We're, certainly, we we're trying to Ooh, cut down yes. on the frosty beverages and shave yeah. off a few well, LBs. Well, if we got to get our bad calories somewhere, might as well be in some uh, hashtag frosty beverages. God bless. It. I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't think the hashtag frosty beverages is ever going away. Sorry. Just, just, no. just going to be honest. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, stick to them this weekend. Like I said, patreon.com slash CMA Roadshow. We'll have the and a half. I'll bring that to you after the show. And in the meantime, uh, thanks for listening.